A wonderful afternoon to the wonderful audience. I, Neha Thabrani, hereby welcome you to the session of OCLF 2020. Our respected guest for today is Mr. Kingshok Nath. He is an author and journalist who served the Times of India for 24 years in senior position in Delhi, Bangalore, Mumbai, Ahmedabad, and Hyderabad. A postgraduate in economics from Delhi School of Economics. He is the author of many books, including the biographies of Narendra Modi, Atal Bihari Vajpayee, Mohan Bhagwat, and Nidaji Subhash Chandra Bose. His latest book, A New Silk Road India, China, and the Geopolitics of a New World Order, will hit the bookstand soon. He is also the recipient of the Prem. Prem Bhatia Memorial Prize for coverage of Gujarat events. Today, he'll talk about how China wants to dominate the world and at the cost of India with moderator Mr. Sanjay Jo, who has a strong experience in the arena of marketing new concepts and products effectively, set up new branches and made them perform in short period of time, commended and recognized on numerous occasions for delivering positive results. Found out on Nije for companies, products and developed strong client relations. We are pleased to hear you both. Over to you. A very good afternoon to all of you. The second day of the Orange City Literature Festival. It's a, it's a big honor for me to uh, get the chance to be a moderator for uh, Nagji. Uh, Neha has already told you everything about him. There's so many things that we would like to hear from him. Uh, uh, Naksa, welcome to the Orange City Literature Festival, first of all. Thank you. Thank you. Naksa, the most important question and the burning question and the most interesting question nowadays that is going on is China. Now, what is China up to? You know, there's a lot of confusion. There are a lot of news, there are a lot of internet, YouTube news, there are a lot of channels talking about it. But I think uh, you would be the best person to you know, guide us, to make us understand what exactly China is up to and why does it want to dominate India after being the culprit of the COVID birth. So put some light on it, sir, so that we all are very clear on what exactly China is up to. Yeah, sure. Actually, I've been interested in China for the last few years and was trying to write a book on China. But now the book is coming out. I had written one half draft which around 2012, but now I again rewrote the draft. So the book will come out very shortly. The point is that you may have noticed that about two months ago, China attacked parts of Ladakh. I mean, it was, not a, it was not a full fledged attack, but they were attacking parts of Ladakh and trying to take away those parts. In fact, they are in occupation of parts of Ladakh. Now, the question to be asked is, what is there in Ladakh that interests China so much? Because Ladakh, as you know, is in the north, in North Kashmir and it's an icy land. So what is there in Ladakh that is of such great interest to Chinese? So we set about exploring that. Then we realized that in 2001, there was one China-Pakistan economic corridor which was started. This corridor started from a new port which is in Balochistan. This was a new port in Balochistan 
from where the Chinese are building a road through parts of Pakistan and ultimately going into China. Now the western part of into western part of China, as you realize that China is a huge nation, and the sea front of China actually is on the eastern springboard, that is near Shanghai, etc. It is very far from there. So they wanted an easier way to China through the new port. And so they started from making this road. This road is through Pakistan, but the road actually is for the benefit of China because it will go through and road and rail links it will go from Pakistan into China to high mountains. And therefore, it will lead to a lot of exports into uh, into China and vice versa. So it is to develop the western part of China, which is far away from their seas, because it is very far from Shanghai, where the sea is for eastern part of China. So that is the idea. This road has now almost been completed. Now the road, as you know, passes through Pakistan occupied Kashmir. Is technically Indians, India's. So it is a disinterest of China to ensure that the road is protected and they have a and they have easier access to Ladakh, etc. So that is the idea of how the new road. So the CPEC. So that is the idea. So that is why they want to be very careful about the road, they want to protect the road and and uh, when the road passes through, road passes through parts of Pakistan, they have to ensure that it is not attacked from India. Ladakh is at a height, and Aksai Chin, which is part of China but was part of India, is even at a higher height. So the, the Chinese government wants to ensure that this, these parts are protected and they are not in the artillery range of Indian armed forces and that is why they want to take away parts of Ladakh. If they take away parts of Ladakh, then that CPEC will be protected. They also want to protect Ladakh for another reason because Ladakh as you know is geographically a part of Tibet and all the major rivers, at least 13 major rivers which pass arise in, in Tibet. Rivers like Indus, Satlej, Brahmaputra on the other side and Yellow River in China and all pass through these places. So the rivers which pass through the western part which are going into the Arabian Sea, many of them pass through Ladakh or near Ladakh and that is also China wants to have a complete so that is why they are taking up fresh cudgels with India to protect A, that road, B, the rivers will pass. That I think shortly will tell you in brief what it is exactly what we are trying to do. But there is a resistance also from Baluchistan and there is resistance from India. And I also have uh, uh, heard in the news that they are going to stop the rivers that come to India and you know. Uh, instead of an all-out war, they would try to um, uh, have a war of, you know, making us die thirsty. Yeah, true. They want the waters because all the waters start from the Himalayas. And and basically they start from what is called Tibet. 
and so they then come downstream whether it is brahmaputra which moves eastwards or the indus which moves westwards or satluj which also moves west southwestwards some rivers also go to china yellow river and all so they want to control the waters so uh, tibet is as much important to nature naturally as north pole and south pole tibet is in the top of the top of the world so that's why they want to control tibet and through tibet the water flows which go into these countries that is the interest because we don't understand now otherwise if we sit here we will not understand why they are doing this funny thing Correct. why the chinese are uh, trying to fight the indians but this is the reason they want the control of the resources Correct. So they also control the CPEC, China, China, Pakistan economic corridor, and all the natural resources. Also. Right. Uh, our honourable Prime Minister also had visited uh, Ladakh previously about about two weeks back, and he has also given a stern warning uh, that you know India will not give a small piece of inch of land also, but uh, the speculation is that Ladakh, uh, you know, China has already. Come into India through Ladakh, quite a few kilometers inside. So, is it is this true or is just a political opposition party stunt? No, I think even Mr. Modi had agreed that some parts of Ladakh have been occupied by China, and they don't want to leave those parts of Ladakh. We have no idea to check that information. Because Ladakh is itself on icy land, and the parts they maybe have captured maybe. On the border, so it's not easy to go to Ladakh. It's not easy to go to the mountains of Ladakh. But I assume that this could be correct. Yeah, we already had a war with China uh, previously, and uh, you know their famous slogan that that they used to shout across the borders was "Hindi Chini Bhai Bhai." Correct, correct, correct. So they have never uh, lived up to the Bhai uh, so-called name. So, what are they exactly planning then? I don't know what exactly they are planning, but let me go a little back and tell you the story. When India became independent in 1947 and China became a communist country in 1949, so it was seen as the rise of the new of new forces in Asia. 1947, Nehru, India, and 1949, Mao in China. So uh, Mr. Nehru extended his hand of handshake friendship to China and said that we are both new nations, so let us work in tacit and in alliance. But I think he made a great mistake because while Nehru was saying Indo-China, bye bye. But however, the, the Mr. Mao had very different opinion of India. Mr. Mao was not at all friendly towards India, and he had a reason. He thought. That you know, there were the opium wars in the 19th century. A lot of opium had been exported into China by the by the Europeans. The Europeans wanted the riches of China, and they wanted to buy commodities cheaply from them. Some goods which the European countries were not producing. So these were tea and porcelain. And now they thought they wanted to buy the tea and porcelain, but the Chinese emperor who were there would not sell it to them very cheaply. So they said gave us gold and diamonds, but uh, the, they were not able to give that. So now the the British and the European powers thought there is another way of getting into China. Why don't we sell them opium? Because that opium would make them weak. 
saw the East British East India Company actually grew OPM in different parts of India, including Bihar, Bengal, and Madhya Pradesh, and exported that OPM to China. And there are also a lot of private companies also doing that, including the House of Tata's. So this OPM entered into China through Canton and other ports and made the total official dumb of China uh, imbibed opium. So as a result of that, that opium spoiled the culture of that country and later the opium wars were fought and after the opium wars were fought, the Chinese went, Chinese actually were defeated, were very, the Chinese were very angry and they burned the ships and warehouses of the British companies. But in the war they lost. So the Britishers entered China and then demanded compensation, which they had in the form of Shanghai. Shanghai used to be a very, very small place before the British went in. And when they went in, it became a big city. So first, after the opium war, the British were able to enter Britain, uh, enter China. And don't forget, that was on the basis of opium. And that opium came from where? That opium was grown in India. So the Indians could argue that, look, we are a very dependent country and that opium was taken from India, we could do nothing. But Mao did not, Mao did not buy that argument. He said the opium came from India. Therefore, you are responsible for that. It's not that he stated it openly, but this is what exactly went on in his mind. Number one. Number two, after, as I said, Shanghai and all these parts became part of uh, British gained control over them. They were, the Chinese, by, uh, by their physical stock, are very small people. And to start up and to ensure that there was hard, tough administration, the Chinese, uh, the British brought in soldiers from Punjab, from our Punjab, the Sikhs. So they were Sikh soldiers in Shanghai. And they were tough guys because the Chinese are very small and the Sikhs are very burly and tall. That is why Mr. Mao from his childhood had a hatred for Indians. And when China became independent, China became a communist country in 1949, he realized that he had a very poor opinion of Indians. But contrary to that, as you say, Mr. Nehru had a great opinion of Chinese. He thought both China and India were troubled by the Europeans and they could now join hand and they could be Hindi Chinese by by. So that's how the whole phrase came about. So whereas Mr. Nehru was friendly towards the Chinese, the Chinese from the very beginning were well, not at all friendly with the Indians. But then our diplomacy was so poor in those days that we did not understand. And one reason for not understanding is that a lot of Mr. Nehru's advisors were communists and Marxists like Mr. Krishnamanan, who was his foreign minister, who was a communist, and they had joined Nehru's cabinet. So they were influencing Nehru. But uh, so they were giving him a very soft line towards China, were saying China is our brother. But then the Chinese themselves, the Mao Zedong himself, had a very poor opinion of India, which Mr. Nehru did not realize. And therefore, the first war with China came in 1962. Before that, as you know, when Tibet was not part of 
China when China became a nation in 1949. But uh, due to historic reasons, the, the 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 Chinese always thought that Tibet was there. They had a rightful they had the rightful right to get over get into Tibet. And then Tibet became uh, their part. And when Tibet became their part, actually Indian government said yes, yes, and gave gave Tibet away. And that was the greatest mistake that we ever met, because before that, Tibet was an independent nation which was dependent on India, because India had two embassies in Tibet, in Lhasa and one more place. And uh, India was running the foreign affairs of Tibet because Tibet was a very backward country and all the help to Tibet was coming from India. So we gave over Tibet and when you gave over Tibet, your borders came close to China because in the in the beginning the Chinese were far from India because Tibet was the country which separated India from China. We actually gave, gave away Tibet to them and with that the Chinese set came home, came very closer and as you are aware they attacked India in 1962. I don't know what was the question you asked. I forgot. By the time I was giving the answer, I actually forgot what exactly. So it was. It was the same that you explained. Hindi chini bhai bhai. Ah. The slogan that came up. So Hindi chini bhai bhai was a false slogan. We were trying to become bhai bhai with them, but they were not trying to become bhai bhai with us. Okay. That's and that is why Tibet is retaliating with India now because. Uh, India gives a lot of uh, um, uh, help and revenue to Tibet, I suppose. Yeah, because now what happened was that Tibet now went to China. Before that, Tibet was an independent country. So if it was an independent country, if we could have supported it militarily, it would have remained an independent country and all the rivers of the world emanate from there. So, and anyway, as China, and as, you, as I told you, uh, Tibet could be a buffer land between India and China. But we all talk of the great foreign policy of Mr. Nehru, but never see that this is the biggest blunder he ever made in his life. Another very interesting question that comes in the uh, in people's mind is the there are a lot of news that there is some some agreement signed between you know Congress and Jinping, and uh, a lot of different speculations are there. What exactly is it? What exactly has Congress done with China? I don't know what they have done because Congress party by itself cannot sign any agreement with the country because Jinping is the president of China and Congress party cannot sign an accord with them. So what is it? I have no clue. This also does not find a place in my book, let me tell you. Because I don't know of anything which they have supported. Now the, another, another very interesting question is, uh, the Indian government has started banning a lot of apps of China. They banned it about six months back, about two weeks back, they banned another 47 apps. So will this hit China or there will be no difference, no, no change? Let me try and give a longer answer going to the background. Now China is a very determined country and it's got plans to do exactly what they want to do. And as Indians and as because we are adept at English language, we don't know Chinese. So we have no, uh, no idea about how the Chinese mind works. We have no access to Chinese newspapers and even if Chinese newspapers some of us would get, we will not be able to know the language. The Mandarin language which is the main language of China is such a difficult language, it is a pictorial language. We would have no clue about what they are saying. 
whereas indian language and even european languages or english are much easier so we can learn them so we have no clue about how doctor in china but as you know china doesn't have any democracy so possibly from what i can make out they decided that some parts of china will produce some goods and these goods will be produced cheaply and even if they are not produced cheaply they'll be exported very cheaply to countries so i think china has been increasing its exports and selling to india and other parts of the world at below market prices so imagine this in china the chinese will not get that good but that good will be exported to india at below market prices this sort of thing cannot happen in india because india is a democracy so the indian government will not allow that but in china this is a part of state policy by which you sell goods and which to the foreign markets at a subsidized price and that is what they have been doing so indian market as you know has been flooded with chinese products this includes cell phones and this includes other electronic commodities and this includes even things like toasters bread toasters etc and at one point of time i think they were even selling safety pins to india at cheap yes yes so we have become a we have become we have tolerated the chinese goods now if you get a good cheaply and you are an individual you are not talking on the behalf of ideologies then you want go to the market and buy the cheapest product so long as it serves your purpose and that is exactly how the chinese have got into india and that is exactly how they have sold their apps now if for you are selling goods to india at such a cheap price so that the indian consumer has become a slave of them or become addicted to those products now after some time if you want to withdraw that product the the the, the indian consumer will feel the pain and that is precisely what is happening with these apps i think so indian <coughs> consumer will find the pain because they have got used to those applications that's what i think right and i think the one of the most famous was pubg and just two days back i heard the news that they are relaunching it again from some indian company or something yeah they'll probably relaunch it by renaming it to something else you may have banned pubg but you won't have uh, banned shamji so somebody starts the product and says his name is shamji then what will happen so shamji <laughs> will come to the market <laughs> another thing is that uh, china has given birth to uh the dangerous covid and it has been uh, across it has been spread across the world don't you think now china will feel the pinch as people are started you know they'll start banning china left right and center the people are banning now because they are so dependent on chinese products they have become china also knows that that is why it has created a syndrome of dependence on china china is actually exporting so many goods and services to all over the world especially underdeveloped world so where is the question of their banning for instance in sri lanka they have made a port in burma they have started a port they have made huge roads they have gone to countries like greece and italy and given them a lot of loans so they have formed airports roads so this is the whole chinese game Make all the countries around the world our what to say become our partners, junior partners by giving them a lot of loans, and with their loans, infrastructure is built. 
like in Pakistan, in Mauritius. So with Chinese money, those countries are building infrastructure for their own because those countries need the infrastructure, but they don't have the money. That infrastructure benefits the poor. So that is exactly what the Chinese are doing. So the only country who has resisted is India because India has not joined this uh, this plan, as you know. I think so, that is the, yeah, I think that's the exact plan because uh, you take Pakistan, you take Sri Lanka, you take Maldives. These are the countries which have, you know, uh, slowly and steadily China is going to uh, buy these. And one of the example, live example is now Pakistan, who actually owes China so much that uh, in, in a span of 10 years, I think this will be a part of China. Well, they will not be part of China, but they'll become a uh, sort of soft partner of China. Now, Pakistan, this alliance between Pakistan and China is something that Indians have to be scared of. Because China is a strong country, but Pakistan is not such a strong country. But the Pakistan, one thing Pakistan has that it has got an insight into India. Because Pakistan was a part of India till 1947. So Pakistanis have good insight into the Indian mind. So they are able to infiltrate into the Indian culture. And uh, they will come up with weird plans. So Pakistan will take, uh, the Chinese will take the software support from the Pakistan. And then ultimately it is possible that China on the north and Pakistan on the western side can actually, uh, together, if they come together, there will be a major trouble point here. In the past we have heard of Chinese war and then we have heard of Pakistan war. But we have never heard India fighting both Pakistan and China together. But that is exactly a possibility which can take place in the future and about which we have to be, uh, about which we should think about. And you see Pakistan was a, a part of the US alliance earlier, but now that is broken. So they want money, so they are now dependent on the Chinese. And the Chinese are pumping a lot of money in the in through this policy of CPC, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. The roads, they are building a port also, and there will be a special economic zone. And when huge roads are built through Pakistan, major transportation ways, so small small industries can come up everywhere. So Pakistan is in real danger of uh, morphing and becoming a part of China in that, not in that sense. Pakistan will always remain a separate country, but become a totally dependent dependency of China. And this is something as Indians we should think of. As you know that Chinese, the Pakistanis are now making very, very weird trouble. When India became independent, all the 550 Indian states that were there were given the option of joining either India or Pakistan. And one of the states was in Gujarat called Junagar. Junagar, the, we had a Sultan. Had, so that fellow wanted to join Pakistan. And he was also having a double mind. But the Prime Minister of that state was Shah Nawaz Bhutto, the father of Zulfikar Ali Bhutto, and he convinced, convinced the Nawab to join Pakistan. But of course, he could not join Pakistan, so ultimately he fled from India. Now, today, some 60, 70 years after independence, Pakistan government has made an amendment in its map and included Junagar in its territory. Of course, technically, it makes no difference that you write Junagar is in Pakistan. And look at the audacity of it. The Pakistan map shows that Junagar, which is part of the state of Gujarat, and a district in the part of Gujarat, is part of Pakistan. 
कश्मीर through gilgit and baltistan which is technically supposed to be part of india but has never been part of india it passes through gilgit and baltistan and then there's a then it crosses the karakram and enters into china so it passes so therefore india is not fast of not agreeing to it but then they have formed the road so gilgit baltistan because now it this brings me to the question of jammu and kashmir in the matter of jammu and kashmir also there is a lot of ambiguity now because jammu and kashmir was given a different treatment by the indian government has made a lot of difference there and now this government has actually broken that thing and uh, article 370 has been removed and now sir the attempt is to integrate jammu and kashmir into india that will create problem and as you know farooq abdullah has said the chinese can intervene why is saying chinese can intervene you are actually trying to tell that they will intervene they'll intervene in india this is on nonsense because basically you are wanting to create a situation where there is no peace in jammu and kashmir and there is a lot of insurgency there and you are inviting china so these are the problems so this will lead to a lot of problems as we shall see in the coming years Uh, one of my last questions that I would like to ask you is, where do you see this whole journey of uh, you know CPEC in the next five years? Will there be a war, or what is the uh, future like? The future of the CPEC. CPEC and the war that uh, we talk about. Basically, now Chinese are not only lined up against India, but lined up against a lot of other countries like USA also. and uh, basically they want to control the waters of the indian ocean now china has become so ambitious and it has become so wealthy that now it not only wants to control the himalayas it also wants to control the indian ocean and as part of the pacific strategy the us government proposed that we should have a maritime alliance with the us so that we can jointly <coughs> safeguard the indian ocean and we are also having the support of australia and japan into this whole whole thing so it's going to be a much bigger thing so india and china will not only be opposing each other in the himalayas but also in the indian ocean now indian ocean brings you very close to your home now china is entering into alliances with burma <laughs> then down to other african countries so that the entire area has become part of chinese influence so that is something india has to be very careful about and i think is the same thing has happened in australia as you know australia about 15 20 years ago started 
allowing Chinese to export export their capital into that country. <laughs> so not they have become totally dependent on Australia. Today there is understanding that the Chinese dominate the Australian economy. So, okay. so now Australia is very uh, what should I say very gungo in opposing China. And there is India, there is Japan also, which is a rolled enemy of China and the US. So there are four where alliance can take place. India, Japan, Australia, and the US. So that they can save the Indian Ocean. And it's called the Pacific strategy, I think, of the US. So China is a major danger. So China, when we think of China, we think of the 1962 war and China and India fighting each other on the Himalayas. But now things have changed. Chinese are wanting Pakistan and they will ascend they are wanting Burma and they are wanting Bangladesh and they have also convinced Nepal. Nepal is a country with which India had very good relations but we were very surprised that a few years a few months ago even the Nepalese are giving support to the Chinese. <coughs> so so we have no now we have two fronts. One is the Indian Ocean, the sea, maritime routes and also the northern Himalayas. So China, I think, is a real trouble for India and we must all think with open mind how to deal with China. And a lot of our intellectuals don't think so, I must say so. They think China is a great country and we should become friends with them. Or this kind of fact, whether you want to become friends. I have a lot of journalistic friends who work in China because Chinese are very smart people. They have opened up English newspapers so a lot of Indian journalists are working there. A couple of them are my friends. I keep talking to them on internet and all. So they are all gung-ho in praise of China. They say this conflict with India is not reflected in the Chinese newspaper. So there is no hostility among the Chinese or the Indians. That is because there is no democracy in China. You don't know the entire truth. So Chinese people, India and China having tussle in Tibet or oh, sorry, Ladakh, but that is not reflected in the Chinese newspapers. For them, things are hunky dory to so the Chinese. So, when Indians stay there, no Chinese is asking them about this. So, the Indians also feel very happy about it. But this is not a fact because it's also possible because there's no democracy in China. So, under the cover of this, the Chinese can attack India. That's what I'm saying. So we have to be very careful of them. We have to be very careful of them and understand because Indian companies are working there. The so Western interests also, Indian companies are working there, making a lot of money. So think they, they think China is a great country. A lot of Indian workers are working there, Indian journalists are working there. They also think China, Chinese is great. So the real danger for India is something which is not reflected. And that is the point I'm trying to make. And we have to, we have to, because in China is not India's friend. Please understand that. I think Naksan, this is a real eye, eye opener that you have told us. We knew actually that there is a, there is a threat. There is a, uh, and I think this, uh, I, this platform gives me an opportunity to appeal to everybody that you know, ban Chinese products. The more uh, you get used, not to use Chinese product used to not using Chinese product, the better it is for India in the future. And uh, the, the, the listeners, uh, the, part, uh, the people who are watching us today, I think should uh, 
spread this message that China is a dangerous country and the only way that we as civilians can uh, fight with China is to ban their products. And uh, I think, uh, Naksar, thank you very much for your uh, feedback and you know the lot of things that uh, we never knew. And because of your uh, talk with, that we had with you today, a lot of thank things you. have been clear. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, Naksar. Neha, over to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, on behalf of OCLF, I sincerely express our gratitude towards your acceptance for the session and knowledge shared with us. Lastly, special thanks to the SGR Knowledge Foundation. 20 years of existence. Two universities. 23 educational institutes. Offering 137 courses. Rice Group of Institutions, a vision beyond.